listening to Skylight, the Skylight Books podcast. Skylight Books is a general interest bookstore in the Los Feliz neighborhood in Los Angeles. You can shop with us from 10 a.m. to 10 p.m. or visit us online 24-7 at skylightbooks.com. Follow along at Skylight Books Instagram and Twitter. You can subscribe to the podcast on Podbean, iTunes, and Spotify. Thank you for listening, and now on to the episode. Hello, my beautiful, beautiful listeners, and welcome back to an episode of the Skylights Books podcast. My name is Lance Morgan, and I'm your host for today. Today, I'm so excited to do to welcome James C., author of the book, the new his newest book, All Kinds of Other, um, and just we're This is a fantastic episode to talk about him, his history and his work, and also a special book recommendation segment at the end. But before we start, I want to remind you that Skylight Books is now currently opening, is currently open, but we are following the current mask mandate. So please, please bring your masks in and uh, be respectful to the customers and staff working. I also want to remind you that we're, our website is still is currently uh, available for or online ordering at www.skylightbooks.com. So you can order a book, come pick it up, have it shipped to you, whatever you feel like that day. James C. is the author of Still Life Las Vegas, his debut novel, which was a Lambda Literary Award nominee for Best Gay Fiction. An award-winning playwright, he has had productions performed in Chicago, Los Angeles, New York at the Lincoln Center Institute and across the country. He has contributed essays to The Rumpus and The Advocate. In addition to writing, James is also a voiceover artist for many cartoons and games, including Avatar The Last Airbender, Know That, know that I, wow, um, where his excessive love of cabbages has earned him immortal fame. My cabbages! <laughs> Amazing. Oh my God, please, please know that this is a m- special moment for me. Um, born in New Jersey to immigrant parents, James now lives in Los Angeles with his, with his husband and son. His uh, current, his he just had an event with us actually online, so, which you can also watch for his newest book, All Kinds of Other, which you can currently watch on our um, Crowdcast at the which you can find uh, Skylight Books events on our website. So go check that out if you want to hear a more specific conversation about his new books, all his new book, all kinds of other. But James, welcome. I'm sorry I, you know, had that interruption where I cried a little bit when you did the <laughs> my cabbages. I'm so sorry about that. We'll edit that out. We'll edit that out. Um, oh, it's very endearing. And, oh. and can I say that it's yeah. really great to see the lower half of your face. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I, I, uh, James just found out that I have facial hair. Just found this out on this podcast. He, he has a very nice array of masks, but it's nothing compared mm-hmm. to the actual mustache and goatee combo. I appreciate that. And 
And that means I just need to up my mask game. I need to match it. I need to match the face <laughs> of the mask now. <laughs> exactly. um, James, thank you so much for doing this. James is a just a great every time you're you're a frequent visitor to skylight books and always whenever you get there everyone's like oh james is here um you're wow you're, <laughs> i no, did not always, know that you're always just a great presence when you come and everyone you're just so um jovial and excited to be in a bookstore which is just so much fun to see so thank you for you know supporting your local bookstore and you know doing you signed your book so many times that at this point we should just dedicate a like special signing table to you <laughs> we'll have like a little plaque made there with your with just like this is the jmc official <laughs> signing table you'll have like your own pen just for you it's i can like, just i can just be there why don't i just you know <laughs> just hang out there, there all the time yeah just, i can yeah. sign anybody's books just give me a book i'll sign it i'm just I'm give you a book now Listen, yeah. that's an offer to all authors out there. If you need someone <laughs> to sign your book and you just, you're like, I don't feel like doing it today. Call James. <laughs> I've, I've got, I've got many colors. It's all, mm -hmm. it's all good. I'm ready. See, I'm that's, ready. this is a great offer. This is a fan. Call us. At, I feel like this is a, one of those QBC shows. Like call today for, <laughs> no, this is, this is, no, I'm so excited for this. So James, um, yes. I yeah. want to start off talking about your history with writing and like, did, like mm -hmm. this is, I mean, you've been writing um, for how many years now? Just like putting out your work there? Well, I mean, or putting out I, work, I should say. I, I did win second place in my fourth grade book writing competition. So, so I knew, forever. I knew from an early age. Um, <laughs> You were like, did, when you got that award, did you like flash forward to today and you were like, one day I'll be on the Skylight Books podcast. In Ex I felt that. Yes, you exactly. You know what? That's, I'm glad. <laughs> I'm glad that that energy was there from fourth grade. I mean, I think for me, like writing, I'm not really that great about um about being able to say what I want, what I need, mm -hmm. how I feel. Mm -hmm. um, and so, especially like with my family and mm -hmm. so with, with writing, I, like, I remember being in fights with my parents and I could never, mm. I could never beat them in, in conversation because my dad was super logical and super, mm. he kind of like would trap you in your words. And mm. then he would like, you know, he would pounce on, on <laughs> some mistake and you would be decimated. So. That's like you're a lot like a, a courtroom, like a, you guys were lawyers fighting yeah, each other. It kind of felt like that. He, my, my son would call it my, my father would get all Asian on me, which is, <laughs> which is you know, very hyper mm. uh, focused on, on on logic and academics, mm. at, at least my dad. Yeah. Was. No, um, my, I get yeah. that. I feel like my parents were that, too. It's just like that. I'm from I have two Jamaican immigrant parents and I feel mm -hmm. like they were always like logic and like if you like logic and grades first that was it exactly yeah. so I if I could so I remember you know losing an argument with them and then mm -hmm. going back in my room and writing you know yeah. writing at least like how I am feeling how mm -hmm. I am because I, I could never verbalize that with them. So right. I remember like writing notes to them and sliding it under their door. <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, writing was a way of... of uh, Communicating. I, I, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. 
Am I communicating your mom? That's really great. Oh my God. My therapist would look, if my therapist was here right now, she'd be like, <laughs> you listen to this. This is exactly what you need to be doing. And so the spirit of her is with us right now is what I'm saying. Um, no, that's great. I mean, like, did, were you like a big fan of like reading and stories before that yeah. too? Yeah. yeah re reading was always like the escape, you know? Mm -hmm. Right. Um, especially, you know, you're in your home, you kind of mm -hmm. want to be away from that whole thing. Mm -hmm. um, so in the beginning, it was like a lot of Stephen King. Mm -hmm. um, that was my growing up stuff, you know, and then I would write yeah. stories about my mother would accuse me of, of always writing stories where a redheaded woman gets murdered. <laughs> I was like, it was right. Stephen King. And she's like, yeah, but I have red hair. I'm like, yeah, that's, that's true. Right. She was like, what does this mean? She was like, there's something. I don't like this, <laughs> the insinuations here. Um, she kept a close eye on you after that. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> so it was like Stephen King and mm -hmm. um, fantasy, like the, yeah. the Rings, mm -hmm. uh, the Silmarillion, mm -hmm. all the, oh, the, Dune, the Dune series, which okay. is is pretty amazing um oh yeah God. and it was all about escape like oh did mm -hmm. you ever read the pierce anthony books the um xanth the, oh yeah, yeah, yeah the xanth novels I, yeah, yeah, yeah i i remember those yeah. yeah those were i mean i feel like there's something about um especially for queer children growing up mm -hmm. fantasy novels being a big part of our lives you know what I mean because mm -hmm. like fantasy I remember reading I don't didn't I still I and I'm sad about it and I want to go back into it but I never read as much fantasy as I did when I was like growing up like a, I would say middle school elementary and a little bit of high school too but I fantasy was huge for me I feel exactly the same way like I don't read it as much and I'm starting to mm -hmm. get back into it you know like mm -hmm. I just read Cemetery Boys Oh yes, Thomas, yeah. right? Um, mm. But I think you're right because I think when we were younger, we needed, we needed that escape, yeah. and also, it was like a metaphor, right? Mm. It was like you were on a quest, you needed to beat insurmountable odds. You mm. were a puny thing battling huge forces, and yet right. you can somehow win. Mm. And I think that's maybe what that's what we needed, you know. Yeah to think that we can overcome these huge obstacles. And be heroes in our own lives too, right? Like mm -hmm. be a, be a, and like, I think what I always love too is the camaraderie. Like there was always like someone in your, someone on your side in these mm -hmm. fantasy novels too, no matter who. I mean, listen, we're talking about Lord of the Rings and we're talking about queerness. <laughs> I'm not. Oh, the Hobbits, the Hobbits were just the like. Hobbits. They were all over each other. They you were know, all Sam and Frodo. I'm sorry, uh, gay. Like, it would have owned. There should have been a kiss. There should have been a kiss. Well, and if, do, wait, wait, but wait. Do you remember in in one of the Sam Frodo scenes where Sam can't talk to Frodo, but he he quietly um, strokes his hand. Yes, <gasps> yes. And I was oh, just like, my oh, oh my god. Oh my god. Also, when Sam 
goes into the boat, like goes into the water to catch the boat that Frodo's on. And oh yeah. Like, I'm like, no, a, like a, a, a straight, a straight relationship. <laughs> no, no, they were. And at the end, I mean, Sam is like, all right, bye wife and kids. I'm going off with my friend forever and I'm not coming back here. And I'm just like, oh no, no <laughs> like, no. no, 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 Tolkien, come on. We know, just but- let them be. But Frodo gets to, you know, hang out with Galadriel at the end. So he gets some fierce fashion thing going on. It's okay. I feel like Sam, like, was like, all right, I have to to leave this escape from my heterosexual life. (laughs) And I got to, I got that. But now I have to go back where Frodo was like, no, I'm hanging with the gays. I am, I am staying to my truth. And it's honestly, it's a, it's a queer love story. If I've ever known one, it's a, Call Me By Your Name wishes it had the the strength of Andre, uh, Andre, you can come to Skylight Books and yell at me about this, but it's my truth. I believe that Sam and Frodo had the tr- the first Call Me By Your Name love story. Well, especially when when I was growing up, there was mm-hmm. no there was no literature f- for mm-hmm. young teen readers. There was right. you know there was no protagonist um Mm -hmm. they were either all very sad or Mm -hmm. very or they were going to kill themselves you know that they're or or they were you know maybe uh fey kind of villains yeah right right so i think from an early age we learn to look for queer subtext Mm -hmm. right right and then maybe as we get older and we find books that are the text proper not the subtext Mm -hmm. we don't go back sometimes to right to looking for that in in fantasy and things so you know and i mean this is i think a good foreway to go into this is this what brought you to writing for ya audiences like is this what kind of inspired Mm. you to say hey i feel like i want to be a storyteller for that age group that i didn't see Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm the 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 representation for right well i actually i read something on twitter i think which was really interesting mm-hmm. somebody posited that as ya readers um they want to experience uh they want to experience their high school life mm-hmm. um in a, a queer context because they were denied that right, uh, right. a queer a queer growing up experience mm-hmm. and i would say that that's a reason why i think a lot of writers write ya yeah. is to kind of work out to give an alternative past mm-hmm. to their own life in which this kind of thing could have happened where you could ask a boy to the prom where right. you can come out to your town and mm-hmm. and uh, everything would be okay because mm-hmm. it was at least for my generation largely invisible you know you were so isolated until mm-hmm. you could hit college and, right. and meet and meet your tribe but yeah. um the the i think the the thing the the way that i got into ya uh during my last book tour for Still Life Las Vegas, mm-hmm. uh, I got to meet Becky Albertalli. Uh, yeah. So she she was the first person who blurbed my my book, which was amazing. Mm-hmm. But I didn't know her. So I thought, oh, I should I should find out who this person is who blurbed me. Right. She had just come out with Simon versus the Homo sapiens mm-hmm. agenda. 
Mm-hmm. So I read it, and I was I, re- I just remember I was on tour. I was in Denver, and I re- and I was reading her book, and I became mildly obsessed with it. Like I think I read it twice, really quickly. Mm-hmm. I listened to the audiobook, which is amazing. Um, mm-hmm. Michael Crouch does the narration, and he's he's oh, wow. a great he's a great narrator. Um, yeah. and and it hit me this I don't know. There's this kind of this a there's a visceral way that mm-hmm. YA books go through you. You know what I mean? Maybe mm-hmm. I, I don't. I don't want to um, overgeneralize what YA fiction is right. because some, sometimes it's it's you know it's more of a marketing tool than it is a a genre. Right. But but by and large, I think um, YA fiction is a little more mm, simpler. Mm-hmm. in its emotional thrust mm-hmm. right right at, at, do you do you agree well i i agree and i also think that from what i've i mean from the years i've worked at a bookstore yeah which has has been a few years um of amazing years amazing years but i and i love ya ya is one of my favorite genres to read because mm-hmm. i feel like there is in there it is in a sense there is a marketing component to that because there is there is an age group that will read ya they'll just see something ya and be like i'll read this cuz it's the age group i'm supposed to read mm-hmm. but i feel like there's an experiment experimentality with it where people are like oh because this is a specific age group. We can test out stuff here that huh. we might not be able to see for adult fiction in terms of, especially for like fantasy, the fantasy genre. I feel like there's a uh. lot of testing of different concepts for that. Um, queerness, I feel like they, they they really do a good job of saying, oh, okay, this, this is what queerness looks like for this community. And let's write this in mm-hmm. a YA book and see how it, um, or like an author will be like, oh, I want to tell this story. Oh, let's try for this YA genre to see how like younger audience see this. And if how, how it works, how it looks in this, like a focus group, but like, you know, in a, in a higher sense of a focus group, they're like, and it's, and it's honestly amazing. Cause it's, it, it actually makes sense to me in the sense that, mm-hmm. you know, YA, they're the next generation. They're right. the next generation of people who are going to read adult fiction. So what do they want? What and, do they want to see? And you're getting so much closer to their experience. Exactly. Um, and so other readers, adult readers can look yeah. at that and say, oh, this is what's happening mm-hmm. now. And this is, um, what, I, this is yeah. what I wish I had. This is what I wish I had um in my childhood too mm-hmm. yeah i i and um and i think there are different i don't know there there's definitely tropes in mm-hmm. ya fiction right. um right. especially like say ya romance or mm-hmm. you know ya queer romance mm-hmm. there there are certain beats that get hit um right. part of it is because there's a certain universality and in the high school experience, right? Mm-hmm. You're always going to be going through these grades. You're going to be mm-hmm. learning how to drive. You're going to have a first love. Right. So, but it's just, it's, I find it really interesting in the way that, that, that story gets told differently. Like what are the divergent points, you know? And that, and that 
I feel like, yeah, they're the tropes. But if you read a lot of adult romance, like adult, huh. not not like the the smutty, which has a place. I lo- listen, <laughs> it has its place. And it's, we are sex positive. We are sex podcast. positive. And I listen, I say the smutty romance in a positive way. It has, it, you guys carry us. We love you. We respect <laughs> you. Please keep doing your amazing work. But I mean more of the... Um, you know the the, the rom-com the yeah exactly mm-hmm. and if you i feel like if you read those you'll see that it's been told and mm. told again in ya romances in such similar ways that i'm like it had to be influenced it had to be influential and i mean i feel like and this is a conversation i've had with many booksellers that ya just it, it evolved faster than adult fiction did and because I think that they know that the children who, the children, not children, children, but like the, <laughs> the kids who are reading it are like, they want, they, they're tired of like the, the giver or they're tired of um, Catcher in the Rye, which I have a lot of opinions on, but I won't talk about it in this podcast, but they're tired of like those books that they're, the odyssey that was forced on them. They want new, they want to be challenged. They want to see how the world's evolving in their reading too. So I think that there's like an importance there. And I mean, like your book is very important there too. That's something that your book has characters that they they see in their everyday life that mm-hmm. is not, it's seen in the books that they're reading in their high school curriculum. And like, just, I, I feel like YA is carrying a lot there. So <laughs> that's my- Well, but also it, I think it's incumbent upon YA writers to be yes. able to yes. research as much as possible mm-hmm. what is out there. Because, I don't know, do you feel like you can tell when an author is <laughs> an older author who is trying to interpret the child experience but actually interpreting their own childhood experience and, and putting it in a contemporary setting? Yes and no. <laughs> I mean, I know when an author is trying to, you know, oh, this is a this is on me. I see what you've done. You've turned the tables here. <laughs> um, no, I mean, I yeah, I see in the successful authors who do who know that. I feel like the authors who know what they're doing there are successful mm-hmm. in it because mm-hmm. they know that oh, I am trying to process something that happened to my childhood, but I have to say I have to kind of step away, step back from that too and be right. more subject be more objective versus subjective well you're that. right because you're right because um there is a universality in yeah. emotional experience mm-hmm. but it it is it is expressed differently in today's right. generation than it mm-hmm. was in previous generations right um and i mean so for me luckily i have a high school or at the time of my writing i had a mm-hmm. i had a high school son mm-hmm. so i had like a first hand or second hand i guess uh, <laughs> knowledge of what he was going through mm-hmm. and what his his peers were going through mm-hmm. um it gave me this great opportunity to kind of live in the wild you know be the yeah. margaret mead of of adolescence um, right so and that's that's great and if i didn't have that then i would really need to do a lot of a lot more um interviews and mm-hmm. and just kind of meeting kids mm-hmm. have having kids in your life i think really helps you adapt to their language and what 
the way they express themselves, you know, mm -hmm. which is very different then, than older generations. Well, even reading your book, I see um, the parents too. I see like, and I feel like that's something a lot of really good adult uh, YA authors do too, is put what they saw in their own lives in the perspective of the adults that are seeing right. that. And like, it's also maybe the younger audiences. And I feel like good ones too. We were talking about before this, Aerosol and Dante, um, written by Benjamin Elliott Science, great book, go out and read it, go out and buy a copy now. Sequel's coming out this fall. Let's um, <laughs> push for that um, quickly. But like he he wrote that book and it takes place in the 80s and it's very, it seems like it's very about the his childhood there. And I feel like a lot of YA authors do that. They say, okay, maybe I, I'm limited by what I know. So let me write about being a kid then, which right. is also amazing because oh, then- yeah you're you're able to you're able to take away that um the search for what what the mm -hmm. search for like being contemporary, contemporary and that being need down. in that kind of like that anxiety of being like perfectly contemporary right. which also i don't think is also sometimes necessary like the anxiety of it because like uh, it's it's forcing it is also as bad as not knowing Right, right. Mm -hmm. Trying to trying to put in the you know the vernacular, the, the vernacular, dog, the... you know, d a w g, and <laughs> all like of that kind of thing. Making them have like eighty TikTok dances and doing right. like playing Pokemon cards. I don't know what kids do these days. I I don't know. No, what no. Kids... But but you're right because I think the the most successful books I've read in the YA mm -hmm. genre, they have it there, but they mm -hmm. don't hammer it. Yeah, there's, exactly. There's, it's in the flow of the life, not mm -hmm. like a billboard, like, hey, look, I'm with it. I, yeah, I understand exactly. Pokemon Go or, you know what I mean? It's, <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's, it's, it's really, uh, it's skillfully put in. So yeah. it's just, it's kind of a matter. I mean, even for my book, I decided to set it in 2015, mm -hmm. um, partly because... I knew that if you try to chase after what is current, what is going to happen, right. you're always going to fall short because there's a there's a two uh, a two year gestation period between selling a book and mm -hmm. having it published. Right. So so y you can't write up to the moment that it's going to be published. Right. Um. So I knew that if I said it in 2015, I understood where kids were mm -hmm. what kind of communication like so in my book there's a lot of tumblr yes but there's uh, but there's no tumblr. snapchat right there's mm -hmm. no there's no TikTok. i didn't mm -hmm. want to try to guess what was gonna still exactly. last right so i decided to, to to set it in a specific place and i and while reading that i think i mean i think you i i very much respected that choice too because i mean as as an oldie myself, I was like, I it takes me a few years to understand what the trend was, and then when I get there, I'm like, oh my god, I'm two years late. I am. <laughs> I'm like, well, <laughs> I was like, I missed that trend. By the time like you catch up to the current trend, there's 80 right. more trends. Right. So, right. but like, if you get a specific time, it's like the same thing as setting a book in the 80s. This is 2000. I think things move so fast now that 2015 was its own specific point in time. That's very different right. from today. 
Especially um, with technology. You're right. Especially with tech. I mean, you said Tumblr there, and now Tumblr is archaic, and kids are like, what was Tumblr? You mean, was that like the TikTok, <laughs> but without videos? And like, and I was just like, there was like, I was telling a kid the other day, I was like, or like a younger person, I was like, oh yeah, Frank Ocean um, was so popular. And I remember the specific moment when he came out in a letter on Tumblr, and they were like, what? They were like, what do you, what do you mean by that? Like, Tum, what's a tum? And I was, it's so, it was like, oh no, this is it. This is, I felt myself like the grays coming in. I felt the, <laughs> the years, I felt like um, the years just coming on my face. It was just, it was, wait, that's not inappropriate. Um, <laughs> keep it in though. Keep it in for journalistic integrity. No, I did not mean it that way, but keep it in for just journalistic <laughs> integrity. Um, the image no. is now forever emblazoned images. in my mind. Um, I I have to put a little thing for my family, like, don't stop listening at this point. Skip over this (laughs) this certain specific part. Uh, But I I mean, I think the best writing will take whatever they're using in a contemporary vein Mm -hmm. and and be able to mm, incorporate it well enough that even if it's past, you Mm -hmm. understand its function, you know, so that you don't Mm -hmm. you're not caught up in wait what what was that you know right who was one direction or (laughs) but i mean like it's also it was also i mean from i remember what like the books that like we read back then or like Mm -hmm. that was forced on us to read it was like all these things didn't exist the queerness the um just like mental like books that talk about mental illness now in those time periods books Mm -hmm. that talk about um like like non-traditional families and stuff like that wasn't talked about or if it was talked about it was very negative and so it made it seem like it didn't exist in any kind of positive way which i feel like the books that are now specifically in a certain time period are saying hey this exists and this existed then too and here's Mm -hmm. the here's like an honest like portrayal of what it looked like i mean even 2015 you don't see a lot of stories about trans characters because like I mean, and it's it's crazy to think this, but like 2015, I feel like there were still a lot of conversations on gender and mm-hmm. um, the gender non-binary, gender queerness, uh, trans, uh, just transness in culture, and it just it was so it it to like what six years later now it's right. more there's a bigger conversation about it, and it's more. Uh, there's more answers in culture about like what we should have seen there and what we, how we should be, how we have to look at gender now in a new and fresh way, but it wasn't talked about in, as much in 2015. And no, I feel like is, yeah, which is yeah. very, it's very heartening, right? right? So much, so much has happened in, in the space of six years, mm-hmm. but, but, but of course, along with that, it's double-edged sword because there's with more visibility comes more, mm-hmm backlash which is why we're seeing this new current spate of anti-trans laws being being uh perpetuated by various states Um, and that's yeah and that's but what gives me hope is that like Mm -hmm. books like yours like 
go out there and say, oh, the kids are in the kids who are reading it, like the, the kids who are reading these books are going to be in charge. They're going to be the ones and they're very anti. I mean, we saw this with what TikTok last year during the Black Lives Matter movement, mm-hmm. where the kids were the, leading a lot of stuff on TikTok and online presence. It's like these same kids who are learning from these books and like, and, and also like there's television, there's talks about it they're talking about it in classrooms and they're doing all these things they're finding it in their i mean i remember having to sneak into the barnes and nobles to like read books there in my free time that i because i was like oh this book talks about queerness i have to go find it i have to like searching for these books because i couldn't find them in my library or my school or we couldn't talk about it yeah, oh, I remember going to the B. Dalton. I don't know if you oh, remember yeah. no, B. Dalton. No, no, I know B. Dalton, no, of course. Where, where, like, yeah, you would go into a shelf and you'd, like, go to this, the section yeah. and you'd, you'd pull out, I don't know, Fire Island, the, yeah. which was a horrible, it was a pulpy yeah. book, but you knew right. that there must be something in there. And then going right. off to a corner and quickly flipping <laughs> to look for any instance of, of queerness. Yeah, I you mean, know? Tales and of the City. Just, yeah. Oh, my yeah. God. Yeah, Tales of the City. Tales of the City, um, just there was so much of it where I was just, yeah, no, I I fully agree. We had to go sneak. We're now like, the kids aren't afraid to, the kids aren't afraid to be reading this out loud in public. Well, and, but it, and it's also, but it's also, there's now literature for them. Yeah. I mean, can you imagine being able to read something like Felix Ever After? Right. When you're young, I mean, no. to give that possibility of of kids who are grappling with the same things you are grappling with, mm-hmm. it would be mind blowing. I think mind it would blowing. it would have changed so much, and that's yeah. why I think, yeah, I think that's that's the exciting part of YA fiction is that you can you can reflect mm-hmm. a kid's experience and affirm them, mm-hmm. you know, because yeah. I, I was so used to being isolated. And mm-hmm. not knowing any other kids out there. So for me to be able to tell a young queer kid, you're okay. There are yeah. others like you. There is mm-hmm. a community. Um, even if you live in a place where you don't see kids around you like this, here is a book where you can you can you can escape. It's like it's like us going to read Lord of the Rings, right? Mm-hmm. But it's right. but it's them reading about kids in New York who are non-binary, mm-hmm. or kids in Los Angeles who are, uh, you know, trans. It, mm-hmm. it gives them a sense of the world out there, and I think that is so important for their own well-being and mental mm-hmm. health. You know? Yeah, and I mean, because you do so. I mean storytelling is one so Mm. layered there's so many layers to storytelling and you do so many things from i mean you're also a playwright you're a performer um and you're i mean your performance are legendary but um (laughs) like how do you still keep that and you've done a lot of um shows that are tailored to like teens and like younger, mm-hmm. like younger generation. Yeah. How do you keep that spirit alive in that too? And I, I mean, I see it there, but how do you specifically like go into these projects saying, I want to keep that spirit of like visibility alive? You mean as far as, uh... <laughs> are, you, are you saying that I'm a, I'm a, I, I'm in arrested development and I'm actually, a, you know, <laughs> I have the emotional, the, the emotional awareness of a, an 18 year old? 
And that's what that's the that's gonna be the synopsis of this episode there, just so you know now. Like you said it. I and it'll be in quotation marks so they know that I so I can't be held liable in court. I'm joking. No, but I mean like wanting to um yeah, but like what we said, wanting to tell kids wanting to tell stories or just be like in the like for people who have not seen someone like themselves act in these places and be like uh hear their voices and know that there's because i know so many voice actors who are uh one like non who are not white not straight Mm -hmm. and are like oh i don't i feel like there's not a space for me in this because all the voice actors they've seen for their entire lives has been played by you know yes so that's that's changing too which is great i think just like in YA fiction, mm-hmm. um, the voiceover world is trying to um, include a lot of different voices, you know, a lot of different uh, life experiences, um, mm-hmm. both both uh, racially, but mm-hmm. also um, with uh, having a queer component. So mm-hmm. it's very it's it's a very interesting conversation about now. I'm starting to get copy that. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I would never have gotten before that mm-hmm. that has to do with like non-binary characters mm-hmm. or gay characters. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I think that it's a, it's a really heartening sign that I think that they're looking for voices that reflect that experience. Right. Um, and like, I mean, not to bring it back to Avatar. No, I was good. No, no, that I was going <laughs> go to bring ahead. it back to just Avatar this go, entire yes, time. I was just waiting. It was going. It was going to. But I mean, like you were to be like uh, important. I want to say this important because wow, important character in Avatar. Wait, wait. Was... Can I just can I just stop you? This, <laughs> yeah, go ahead. This this character. <laughs> this character said basically two words mm. many times. Mm-hmm. So I don't know that I as important. as fond, I don't know how important he is in the actual canon of and of I story. and I need the listeners to know I gave a speech earlier about how he the cabbage man represents <laughs> the everyman who in superhero <laughs> narratives do not get the respect they deserve when they are tortured by these characters who are superhuman because they do not exist in their narrative and that's oh. the importance of the you know that then cabbage yes, man no. is okay 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 I see it. <laughs> And okay, I, I, I see the point. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I will send you later my personal essay about this. Three thousand <laughs> words, quotes, citations included. Um, no, but I mean, you were you were this. I mean, people people love the cat. I've seen cosplayers, yeah, uh, cosplay this character. Amazing this, people, yeah. You you tell an Avatar fan this the cabbages, and they know exactly who you're talking about. Do you do you uh, have you heard the remix version of my cabbages? It's, I think I have. It's amazing. Think, it's like I, a techno they, beat. <laughs> do you? You should feel so proud. You've made it. That's how you know you've made it when they remix something you've done. That's it. That is that is the highest form of complimentary. Yes. Once you've been auto tuned, you are immortalized. Immortalized. No. Um. But yeah, being a part of this franchise, I mean, it must have been exciting to see like in the sequel series, Korra, like a queer, a, a just a mm-hmm. overtly queer like storyline come from it or this queer like moment there like it just I mean it must show like even in the show that you've worked on for 
that's been on for countless years like to see that storyline you know come out must have been like a very special moment you know yes i mean and not that i had anything to do with it right right but but yes to be able to be a part of history that that of queer history of of, yes of being able to like we said being able to put queerness center it versus Mm -hmm. have to look for crumbs of it exactly is very is very exciting yeah. And like, I mean, animation and is I feel like again and like YA, like YA does a lot of like movements in that. Like they take the special movements where, I mean, when I think of like queer moments in media that I like, oh wow, this is overly queer. That comes up like Steven Universe comes up. Oh yeah, Steven Universe. Um, Steven Universe. It. I mean, like things like it's animation though that comes first to my mind. Wait, so. did you ever watch Shira? Shira, yes, of course. Oh Shira. my God! Yes. Just to watch it, and it has this very childlike um, yeah. animation style, mm-hmm. um, which, but to have queerness be spread uh, out, to be spread out, and to be unremarked upon, yes, for it to be a baseline, mm-hmm. is is so amazing. Because what it's doing is it's taking, I think, so much of the criticism. Uh, yeah. uh, of people he's like oh to show queerness is mm-hmm. to show sex that queerness yeah. and sex th- those are the only things th- sex is the only thing that uh denotes what queerness is right and to say yes. no this has nothing to do with sex it mm-hmm. is just who people are yeah. to, and to see that brought forth oh yes uh, the other uh, to bring it back to books mm-hmm. um when i read i i had a similar feeling when i read pet Oh, I haven't read Pet yet. Okay, so Pet, and I, I, I apologize if I'm, if I'm saying <laughs> no, the no, author it's... wrong. Aquaeke, 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 Ametsi. Ametsi, yeah, yeah. Ametsi. Um, okay, so Lance, mm-hmm. you need to read this book. It's, it's <laughs> one of the books that I've, that I've uh, sent out the most for gifts. Mm-hmm. Oh it, my god! It, it feels like an an instant classic, like. Mm. Wrinkle in time, mm. but with, but with social social justice as mm. a baseline. Ooh. It's saying, what if, what if social justice were the given, mm. and what problems can arise from there? So we're not mm. like looking for here's a, oh here's a gay character or here's a a different kind of family. That's all built in. That's right. that's that's the basis of it, and. Mm. And to see a fantasy, uh, and and have this young trans girl be at the center of it, mm-hmm. but it not to be about her transness, mm-hmm. but to be about larger issues of of justice mm-hmm. and and what are monsters and what are angels. It's mm-hmm. it's a mind blowing book, and Ooh. you must you must read it next. You sold me. I that like I mean just the idea of like yeah social justice being the basis and it's coming like it's starting that using that yes. as a jumping off point. Right. That, I mean, where have I seen this before? Where have I seen this before? Right. It's it, the, right. So it's not a book about trying to get to yeah uh, a place of social justice, but what if we just take it for granted that that's mm-hmm. what life should be like. And I then am, go from there, and then find complications within that. I am it's sold. It's an amazing book. It's an amazing I am book. sold. That is, that is. I mean, 
say less. I'm in. I'm in. I'm sold. <laughs> I will tell everyone James C recommended this to me, and I will have you come in and sign it, like you said. You like, I'll be like, sign this book for me. Did you write it? No, but you please do it. Uh, <laughs> have you have you read any of her uh, of their other works? I am Dearson Dearson mm -hmm. Durian is next on my list. Um, I have I've read essays. Did you read Freshwater? Freshwater. That's what I read. I was like, I have read another yeah. one. Mm -hmm. um, I did read Freshwater, which was amazing. Yeah. And I read that back yeah. in, was it 2017? Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. I think it was 2017. I mean, what what an easy, but not easy in the sense of like, um, like easy to read, but easy book to like digest, easy to like get into and mm -hmm. sink yourself into. Oh, and and look at the, the breadth of their writing is, is yes. so amazing to me that they're writing you know, uh, children's books and mm -hmm. and literature and uh, and uh, mm -hmm. now a memoir. Yeah, you know, it's, they really they it's do it all. All do it all, and I, I mean, it's. I feel like with authors, I just love following. I tell myself, I tell people all the time, I am a groupie. I am an author groupie. I am. I want to follow you guys all around the world on a world tour. I like. I want an almost famous version of authors for myself <laughs> to happen. Well, wait, let but, me ask you this question. Yeah. Are you a vertical reader or a horizontal reader? In that, so horizontal, you read many books from many different people, but you kind of, you know, if you just read one of their books and mm -hmm. then go on, that's fine for you. Or are you a vertical reader where you'll you'll find an author and then you'll dive into their whole list well i and, and, and as I, a bookseller how do you how does that work and i will bring it back to my original love which is math because ah. i do have a degree in mathematics for my listeners i it's crazy i never use it but i will use a sign or a sign line on a graph which is I don't know if it looks if you know what it looks like, but it's like just it like is a curve that reaches a point right. and it re yeah. reaches down to another point, right? That's how I would describe myself as a reader, where I exist in both the vertical and horizontal. Oh, fancy! And I, I mean, I'll read books many. I'll be read books by many authors, mm -hmm. and then feel like I have to. I'm like, okay. I have to change now to another author right now and read like I'll maybe read one or two books by them and then I'll do I don't I'm not consistent in it but I mm -hmm. I I mean if anything I'm more consistent with um comic books where I'll be like I have to read this entire issue by this one for of this one character right now at the same mm -hmm. time I have to do this but like with with like literature I'm just I'm I'm all over the place I mean I think it's because I love them all so much that I can't um, I can't choose one or the other. I love the authors, and I I will I will say though I love authors in the way that I love I can love one of their books and I can or I can love ten of their books and it's not different for me. I'm like the fact that you wrote this and this came from your mind and just like wow it does it's it's amazing it's amazing to me it's it's like um, there's who did I, who recently was I thinking about this for? Um, I mean, you, of course, um, but there was someone the other day I was talking to about, oh, oh, um, TJ Klune is one of my, I don't know if you've read. Uh, no, I haven't. 
he wrote the book sneak he wrote he's a YA author and an adult fiction author and he wrote this book the house in the cerulean sea which if you haven't uh, it's one of these books that like it's a it's a queer fantasy romance but also like it's about like a childhood and the innocence of childhood no matter who these children are and like also like how like we need to support the innocence of childhood and not like label certain children as these things because of their backgrounds or who they are it's amazing wait i need to write that down it oh please please go check it out it's one of it's like we have it always on sale at uh, skylight because i always make sure we do too but What's um, that? Wait, can you can you repeat the title please the house in the cerulean sea and tell my listeners please go check out this book too but it's it's definitely it's a queer story that is not it's what we were saying before queerness isn't the the epicent the sub it's 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 there but it's not the yeah it's not the subjects and it's happy and this is something i don't see in a lot of books happiness for these characters and just like it's i that book i was like how did this come from your mind how did this come from your mind every little piece of it i was like i don't understand how a person could have thought this and it happened and that's what I feel like for so many authors I've had that experience for where I'm like, I want to like, I think that's why I love this podcast so much because I get to like say to this author, hey, how did you come up with this specific <laughs> thing and this specific thing and this specific thing? It's so, it's so exciting and like it makes it exciting to, it makes it exciting to like read and like love books and love stories. I mean, it's it's the it's what matters the stories the these stories mm-hmm. and yes, i agree until like i feel like this is a good foray into our next my next thing and the next the thing you're going to give to us which is a list of recommended books from you that um to our listeners we will also have available as a virtual bookshelf specially curated by James C on our website. So also check that out. But you have the books for us that you're going to recommend right now? Well, let's see. I have, I mean, we talked about some of them, right? Like um, Felix Ever After. Felix Ever After, yes. Uh, Cemetery Boys. Cemetery Boys, a fantastic. Do you have anything more you want to say about those two then? Um, I love Cemetery Boys in that, like we were talking about, it's fantasy. Mm. So it's fantasy in which usually queerness is a metaphor like right. you know in the x-men how yeah. being mutants is kind of a metaphor for being queer at least right. the way we read it right right um but it it's not it's it's a fantasy and there are queer people centered in it which is which, yeah it's amazing and it, and it also is set in los angeles so i mm. I love that the connection being able to kind of see the different areas Mm -hmm. that that Aiden Thomas is writing about Mm -hmm. Um, Felix Ever After is by Kaysen Callender Mm -hmm. and uh, I loved it because it felt so so real in the character's journey of figuring out who they are and Mm -hmm. that that it can be fluid Mm-hmm. Um, that you don't have to know right away, but you could see their struggle, the main character's struggle with, am I, am I trans, but it doesn't quite feel like I'm trans? Am mm-hmm. I male, but I don't quite feel all the way male? And mm-hmm. to be able to live in that 
unknowing in that uncertainty yeah. is really it was really cool and i feel like um, a lot of oh i'm sorry I'm, i no, was go gonna ahead. say go i feel like a lot of the best stories have that where it's like it's discovery especially ya it's like disc- mm-hmm. cuz kids are discovering themselves they don't know and like even when you give them the space to discover which is important that i feel like even when they have the space to be who they are they're still discovering things we mm-hmm. all discover things about ourselves especially at that age it's so important so yes. i feel like yeah that sounds like a great read um uh, a uh, i just got this at skylight and i finished Ooh. reading it it's a graphic novel Mm-hmm. Uh, called Gender Queer. Oh yes, it's a memoir, a Gender Queer, mm-hmm. a memoir, and it's by Maya Kobabi. I don't know I if I'm saying that's right. Yeah, right. Um, oh, it reminds me of um, Alison Bechtel's graphic mm-hmm. memoirs, which Fun is home. they're also yeah. great, like Fun Home. Right. Um, Are you my mother? My mother, yeah. But it's it's uh, it's about this cartoonists mm-hmm. um, journey to discovering who they are and mm-hmm. and it really if you ever are confused or you want to understand the mindset the the world of someone who is non-binary mm-hmm. um, what that means versus just kind of the okay non-binary you know sure but to really mm-hmm. drill down about how it feels to be non-binary mm-hmm. um, and also there's a little bit of um, uh, examination of what it means to be asexual mm. and done in a really wow. honest uh but humorous way i i mm. would i loved i love gender queer um no that sounds uh yeah the other back. the other book that i've been handing out like halloween candy um is Excited. is um gina frangelo's memoir blow oh, yeah. your house down Wow. Is it been... it's, it's unlike anything I've ever read. It's oh like, it's, it's about her, it's called uh, Blow Your House Down, um, what is he, uh, family, oh, de- feminism, family, and treason. And she, she examines what it is to be a woman today. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, uh, using as a launch point her uh, her infidelity. Oh wow! And it takes it takes those historically male written characters like Madame Bovary and Anna mm-hmm. Karenina, all the uh, you know Hester Prynne, the mm-hmm. adulteresses in life, and it examines it, it deconstructs it, and says, "Oh, this is what it is to really be a woman who has responsibility, who has mm-hmm. uh, and." Uh, female images to kind of uphold but also have passion Mm. and what it means to be unfaithful as a woman as opposed to unfaithful as a man it's her writing is like um has the precision and uh visceral quality that margaret atwood has right but it's in a memoir form yeah it's it blew my head off. It's really, really something. It's it's it should be required reading. It's great. And I mean, it, it is now on your list. Required reading on your list. <laughs> um, the Sandman series oh, yeah. by Neil Gaiman is mm-hmm. is a given. I think it really it hits so many sweet spots for me as far as 
the inventiveness. Mm-hmm. Um, there's there's a lot of queerness in the books mm-hmm. uh, as a given. Um, and just I feel his like, style of writing is amazing. Yeah. I feel like Neil Gaiman, in the what we were talking about at the beginning of the podcast, is one of those authors that like you read his fantasy work as a child and it, it attracts a lot of queer audiences too. Mm-hmm. Um, and the Sandman, I've heard a lot of, I know a lot of people, a lot of queer people who have read that book like as a child and are like, this meant so much to me because it felt like I was in a world that accepted me and I belonged in this world or something like that. Right, yeah. Neil Gaiman is is just, his, like you were talking about the stories and how important mm-hmm. the stories are. Mm-hmm. He, he, his storytelling is so, uh, so amazing. amazing. So it's amazing. So amazing. I don't know how he does it and how he draws in so many different kinds of myths. Mm-hmm. Um, and I wouldn't say he appropriates them, but he reimagines them in yeah. a way that that uh, pays honor to where they came from, mm-hmm. but then twists it through the prism of his own mind. And. You can tell in his work, he does his research. He does the work. Yes. The work. yes. He does yes. the work. Yeah. He does the work. He does the work. Um, I don't know if you can get the, these. These are two memoirs that I I found also great. If you mm-hmm. want to know more about trans issues. Um, yes. Transmission by Alex Birdie. Ooh, I haven't heard this one. He's a, he's a very popular uh, YouTube vlogger. Mm-hmm. Uh, back in 2014, 2015. Okay. And uh, I watched him a lot doing research for my book. Mm-hmm. Uh, very, uh, so he wrote his own memoir and it's, and it's really a beautiful testament to what it means to be trans masculine. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And then there's the OG vlogger, Skylar Kurgill. And he oh, yeah. has a memoir called Before I Had the Words. And oh, that's, wow. That's a quite a, that's quite a beautiful book too. And what a great name for that book too. Yeah, I mean, yeah, and it's a refrain he, too. Right. I mean, that's something that like before I had the words is yeah. I mean, it's a phrase that like you tell. So many of us relate to those words, right? Oh, absolutely. Because right? we didn't right growing up queer, you didn't have the words. No, and you know? it's it's so. Uh, I mean, what a, I am in awe of just the title of that book. So right. I know it has to be good. I have but, full faith that that's a good book. And but now, now that's what it. That's what queer YA can do. You yeah. know, like mm-hmm. gender queer or or um, Felix Ever After. Mm-hmm. It can give kids the words. Yeah, words are important. It means, oh, I am not just a factory defective person. Mm-hmm. I'm not just this kind of wrecked soul i am something and here are the words for it yes and that automatically gives you a sense of community and i think that's uh, really important and it's so i mean it's so important too to i was going to say when you talked about cemetery boys and how fantasy and like queerness uh, queerness and fantasy exist in that way have you read the book and I think it's a book you'd like too. And audience, I think you would like it too. Um, it's called <laughs> Gentleman's Guide to Vice and Virtue. Have you heard of this book? I have not. I'm writing it down now. What's it about? It is by Mackenzie Lee. It's such a good book about, um, it takes place in the, I want to say the early 1700s or either early 1700s or late 1700s, maybe the 1800s. I'm not sure about the specific time period, <laughs> but it's about this like, this 
he's this guy who's a son of a duke he's pansexual but he's also in love with his best friend who is Uh. half black but they have he goes on this like tour of europe before he has to take over his father's business and like be like official and his father's very homophobic very like terrible to him but like they get like there's this they get kidnapped by highway robbers they get um there's this fantasy element there there's pirates it's so much fun wow but it's it's also a great story about privilege in queerness because like the main character is this queer openly mm-hmm. pansexual character who but also like the people around him are like black his sister is a big character too who's this like genius but like because she's a woman not a not a, able to like really pursue her desires of science and medicine and it's like oh this is this like this character who's this white male who is openly queer still has privilege over this and it's mm-hmm, like right. i've never seen a story of that where it's like oh yeah this <laughs> you can still like be in a disenfranchised community but have privilege there too and it was just a i mean amazing story a great romantics tale too like there's a beautiful romance in it too but like wow what a great book that is and it reminded me a lot when you said cemetery boys did you read um do you read much middle grade some yeah i i've read some middle grade yeah um did you read the best at it by no but i know pancholi Yes, but I know, I haven't read it, but I know it. I know it because um, I know I um, at a previous bookstore I worked at, mm-hmm. there was like a uh, like we did like a reading uh, mm-hmm. club for all ages, and they uh, I know middle graders who read that book and they loved it. Oh, it's it's wonderful, and you know uh, it's it's a character that you don't often see, a mm-hmm. um, South Asian uh, South Asian boy who. Yeah not only is learning that he is gay, but has uh, like some anxiety issues. So it's, yeah. it's it's quite good. I mean, it's important to talk about that too. I mean, there's there's so many good, there's this uh, book that was just my staff pick at Skylight um, uh-huh. called The Marriage of a Thousand Lies about like Sri Lankan queer culture, how it exists in Sri Lankan culture. Oh. And it's it was so, it's like this, married couple but they're married out of convenience because both of them are it's like this man and this woman but both of them are queer and so they're married so their family will be satisfied but they can still like live their lives um however they want to but like they one of them the one of them has to go back home to like and revisit their past but also like indirect conflict with their family's ideals it's so good it's like it's great to see this queer story told out of a westernized lens like Mm -hmm. west because like it's Mm -hmm. you don't even realize how much of like western culture is talked about solely in queerness until like you read something differently and you're like oh yeah (laughs) that is that is how like that queerness exists outside of the u.s or right uh the north america or even like you know the first world nations um it's a really exciting time i think for it is or the different voices that we can hear in queer culture that it's not you know uh gay white mm-hmm. men you know yeah. it's 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 a ver- it's a lar- much larger variety of books and i 
Yes, I fully, I mean, one, I think that's a great way to end our conversation because what a, what a fun, I mean, that, I feel like that embodies what we've been talking about, right? What a fun time it is, has been to talk about this. James, this has been so much fun. Um, the last thing I want to ask you though is, do you have anything you would like to say to the independent bookstore community as a whole? I have or found even your local one. the local one, who could that who could that be i don't know you you tell you tell me <laughs> no i i mean i've i have for quite some time now tried to buy all of my books through the independent bookstores because um i find such community there you know mm -hmm. that there that there there's a pulse there's there's a beating heart mm -hmm. it's not just books in a warehouse that get shipped out it's it's this community that can offer you suggestions that mm -hmm. can that can kind of um, you can kind of bond with about mm -hmm. about literature and books and they have the same passions that you do uh, and and I think to be able to support a bookstore where families where people can actually go in and see books mm -hmm. um, and discover things right when mm -hmm. when you're ordering books I think online it's all about you know what you want and then you you click on it right. but being able to go into a bookstore and explore and discover is sometimes where you'll get the best you know you'll you'll find these wonderful gems that you would not have known before so and, yeah definitely oof, and that's i mean what what else can i say to that there's nothing to say that's beautiful and thank you for supporting your local bookstores you guys i'm telling you james when if we ask him to come sign a book he'll be there one book not even one book i'm telling you we're <laughs> putting a plaque up on our table saying james sees tail like honorary <laughs> book signing table <laughs> no i mean you've just been such a great supporter of us uh, as well, local business skylight skylight shines a little um uh, one of those little lights in the sky if, mm. if they run out of stock and like and they run running. in and sign so you come running and it's yes. and it's it's amazing always and always I, I always want to put this too James always looks great too whenever he comes in like <laughs> always a great outfit the last time you came in you wore the leather kilt right yeah and I was just like style style icon <laughs> James C let's put that out there let's put let's let's get them knowing you're also not just um no, not just a great no, voice i am so uh, un no 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 i am so um, unstylish it's I not mean, to be believed i i i disagree you know <laughs> that'll be for the next podcast we'll have a healthy debate about that no thank you so much for doing this thank you i will be pitching to nickelodeon next week about a cabbage man spinoff series slash feature <gasps> film but that's look me. he goes to all the different the different lands yeah right mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i think yeah. I, like a little interstitial in between things the cabbage journeys the wait the cabbage chronicles the cabbage chronicles and how there it oh is. my god you're right how he like okay he could he could definitely go to the different kingdoms post yes. like you know he oh my god he he's a uh, he's like the new fire lord zuko's official like cabbage person cabbage. his or cabbage connoisseur you could see events from Avatar, mm -hmm. the the narrative of Avatar, but see what it's like for the Cabbage Merchant. So like there'll be this giant battle with the Fire Lord, and and 
away and in, in, tucked into uh, into a into a store is the cabbage merchant wondering like why it's so hot out today or something exactly. like that. See, this is we're doing this Nickelodeon. We're coming to you. We're going to be at the studios next week. <laughs> Uh, invited who knows who knows if we'll be invited but we'll be there pitching this series thank you so much nickelodeon be be aware be prepared uh, no james this has been fantastic oh, go out you, to your local bookstore and go buy all kinds of other right now it's on sale at skylight scott signed of course yes. signed yes. um but go buy yourself a copy and go check out james's other work and look out for his who knows what voice voice acting and books and performances we'll see him in the future so keep an eye out but thank you again james this has been thank a fantastic you, episode and have a good day to all of my beautiful and wonderful listeners thank you for listening to the skylight books podcast series please don't forget to visit our website at skylightbooks.com and make sure to follow us on twitter and instagram also, don't forget to subscribe to this podcast for more author talks and bookseller conversations. You can find us on Podbean, iTunes, and Spotify. Stay safe and healthy, and we hope to see you back in our store soon. <laughs>